check one, two. Can you hear me? All right. Good morning, Canopy. It is good to be back with you on this um, last Sunday of the month. Where are we? We're in March. So we missed January and February, but looks like we're coming uh, good and strong through all the COVID stuff. So we're ready to get back to our gatherings on the last Sunday of each month because God is in this. And I could just sense and feel his presence every time that we come together, that we are moving and walking in the purpose of God. And that we are, again, a part of the prayer Jesus prayed, make them one, even as we are one. That, that was the Lord's prayer. That was something Jesus prayed. And to be an answer to that prayer excites me so, so much. To be part of, I mean, just one church. I pray there's more. But here in Orange County, we are one church. And we are a part of a prayer, the answer of a prayer that Jesus prayed. He said that the world may know that God sent him. And so when we come together, we are saying that, Lord, we want the world to know that God sent you. We want everybody to have a relationship with Christ. And we as Canopy, as Place for Worship, as Blacks, Whites, Hispanics, Asians, and and any other type of ethnicity coming together, that is exciting because the power of the Lord is already here. We, we do what we do in worship and ministering the word, but the fact that we come together, God smiles on that. And we ought to just really, really honor the Lord and stay excited about our, our joint walking together because I... I just get dumb excited every time when I know we're, we're coming here to be able to worship together. Um, again, we have to do another picnic this year together like we did last year. And we just got to find strategies and ways to do life together. And that pleases the Father and it strengthens the body. And again, it is an answer to the prayer of the Lord. So good to be here. Good to be able to share uh, in worship and again to share in food, as we will do later, share in conversation, and just share in our lives, in our life's journey. So I know that uh, you have been walking in the book of Acts, and stay there. I'm going to divert this morning, but you know next week you get right back in the book of Acts, but we're, we're still going to talk about the power of the Lord, and uh, but I want to share from an Old Testament passage of Scripture. I want to share from this morning that talked about uh, the prophet Elisha, and on a day when he and the other uh, sons of the prophets they were in what they would call prophetic school. They had a school, and these prophets were in. A class, how often they met, I'm not sure, but these are sons of the prophet. This is Elijah and Elisha. And I want us to take what God speaks to us this morning from this passage of scripture. Something we've been doing at a place for worship this year is I'm not going to give a title for the message, but I want you to hear from God what you would title it. 
because what you hear from God and what you would title it is what the Holy Spirit wants you to work on and to add that to your faith, add that to your journey to build you. And so at the end, um, all, all being okay, and I know it's cool with Josh, everything's cool with Josh. We're going to just uh, have a few of you. I'm going to ask you, what, what would you title this message? What did you hear the Holy Spirit saying to you? And you give it a title, and then that's what you work on, and that's what you walk out in your life. Because it's not about us just teaching and preaching and teaching and preaching. It's about what you're receiving and what we are adding to our faith. As the Bible says, add to your faith. So I got to hear from God, add to my faith every time when we gather and come together for a word. And so I want to begin this word this morning. Is it up on the screen yet or, did, or, or is it coming up or it's there? All right. We want to begin. Um, this is in 2 Kings. This is in 2 Kings. And let me grab something here. Thank you, DeAndre. And to our worship team. This is 2 Kings, and we're looking at chapter number 6 in verses 1 through 7. And it's good to be indoors, too, not so much work with all the tents and things out there. But uh, uh, 2 Kings chapter 6, verse 1 through 7. I'll read it, verse 1 through 7, and we'll go back and unpack it and see what God is speaking to us this morning. Verse 1, and the sons of the prophets said to Elisha, see now the place where we dwell with you is too small for us. Please let us go to the Jordan and let every man take a beam from there and let us make there a place where we may dwell. So he answered, go. Then one said, please consent to go with your servants. And he answered, I will go. So he went with them and when they came to the Jordan, they cut down trees, but as one was cu cutting down a tree, the iron axe head fell into the water, and he cried out and said, Last master, for it was borrowed. So the man of God said, Where did it fall? And he showed him the place. So he cut off a stick and threw it in there, and he made the iron float. Therefore he said, Pick it up for yourself. So he reached out his hand and he took it. So I want to go back to, to and begin with verse number one. And I want us to, as best as we can, imagine us there on this day when the sons of the prophet had met and Elijah was with them, the prophet. Elisha, the prophet, representing the voice of God, representing the office of the prophet who hears from the Lord and when he hears from the Lord, he speaks the word that he hears. And so his role is very, very important to those sons of prophets who were with Elisha because they looked at him as God's representative, as the voice of the Lord for their life. And so here they gathered one day, and in verse 1 it says, The sons of the prophets, they said to Elisha, See now the place where we dwell with you is too small for us. In other words, they had come to the end of a season in their life as it pertained to where they would gather to teach, where they would gather to learn, where they would gather to hear the word of the Lord. 
where they would gather to build, where they would gather to receive. They came to an end of this season in their life. It shows us in verse number one, because the place where they had gathered had become too small. It became too small. The space where they were, were meeting on a consistent basis became too small. Because when you grow and what growth will do, growth will bring you to an end of a season in your life. And that's the good thing about growing. Growing will bring you to an end of a season in your life. And God called every single one of us to grow. He called us to build. He, he called us to increase. And so when you are growing, when you are developing, you will come to ends of seasons in your life. And this is what happened with the prophets. They, they came to an end of a season as it pertained to the place and the space where they were meeting naturally. And spiritually, all of us in here, as we grow in Christ, we will come to an end of a season of our life. Maybe it could be a space that I'm in. It could be an assignment that I'm on. It could be a condition that I am battling or struggling or fighting. We, we will come to ends of seasons. The key word is as we grow. If we don't grow, we won't come to an end. We'll stay in the same place, the same rut, see the same things over and over and over again. Doing the same things, getting the same results if we do not grow. But if we grow, we're going to come to an end of a season in our life because that's what growth will do. And that's what we want to happen in our lives. We want to grow. And as we grow, we will come to ends of different seasons in our life. They were not going to grow any further where they were. And some of you right now, the truth is you're at the end of a season as it pertains to a relationship. And that relationship is not going to go any further where you are right now. Some of you have come to a different ends of seasons in, in a space where you are, even spiritually, in your journey, in your walk with Christ. You're not going to grow any further where you are right now. Some of you have come to an end emotionally and mentally in your life for where you are right now, and you're not going to grow any further where you are right now. You, you, you've maxed out. Uh, you, you, it, it's just too small where you are right now for you. It's become too small, and where you are will not even allow for any more growth. It's just too small. And again, it's a good thing because you're growing. But where you are, it won't even allow for, for more strategy, for more vision. It won't even allow for, for more to come into your life where you are right now. Won't even allow for more. The, the space they were in, these sons of wouldn't even allow for more growth. They had maxed out. It's, it's, it's like coming uh, or, or playing a video game. And you, you play a video game and, and when you're good at it, and, you, and it has many games have different levels. And when you finish level one, you know, it says, that's it. You're done. You, you, you matched out. And now, in order to continue to play the game, you got to go to the next level. 
And that's God's word to somebody right now. In order to continue, you got to go to the next level. You maxed out where you are. You know, you, it, it's just like, just like the game. It said level one is done. Time to go to level two. And God will speak to you and I when we max at different spaces and areas and places in our life. He'll say it's time to go to level two because you, 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 you've done all you can do where you are right now. And, it, and, and socially you maxed out where it's time to go to level number two. Time to move up. Even in our pain, there's a, there's a, a, a possibility of maxing out when we're going through something difficult. And hard. You can even max out in pain. Bible talks about David and, and his men that were with him, and they went to war. And on their way back from war, they saw smoke coming from their place where they lived called Ziglag. And when they got back to their place, they discovered that all the women and children had been taken by the enemy. And the Bible says this it says that David and his men cried until they had no more power to weep. It's one of the most powerful scriptures in the Bible to me because I'm sitting there and I'm watching these men come back and they see their women and children gone and they begin to cry and they're wailing and they're grieving. And, and the Bible says they even begin to turn on David, their leader, and blame the situation on him. But they cried until they had no more power to weep. Didn't even muster up any more tears. They had maxed out. Even in their pain, they had reached a limit. You've maxed out where you are for some of us, for some of you, for some in the body of Christ. You maxed out even in your pain. For some of you, you you've cried long enough where you are. You have blamed other people and even yourself long enough for where you are. You have made excuses long enough for where you are. You, you, you pretty much talked out. Can't even say nothing else. You, you said it all. You, your, your pity party, nobody comes no more. You know, you just, it's just you at the party. You and, and a cake and some candles. And, you know, people used to come and they would hear, you know, and now they don't even come to your pity party anymore. You, you maxed out. It's, it's, it's done. It's done. You really don't even have no tears. You have to force tears now. In order to cry, you got to force. You might have to get a cup and pour it on your head to make something, you know, just to make yourself look sad because you maxed out. You went through the stages of grief, which we all will have to go through. We, we, we've been there, we've done, but we get to a point where we will max out if we don't get up and keep going. And the good thing, again, about a place becoming too small is that you only recognize it's become too small when you keep growing. When you keep growing. Because you keep growing and things will become too small. So this is where they were. Too small, they got it. we got to do something about it. And then it said in verse 2, they said to Elisha, remember, he represents God for them. He's the voice of God. They say, please, let us go to the Jordan and let every man take a beam from there and let us make there a place where we may dwell. And so Elisha answered and said, go. So verse 2 says they came up with a plan. 
We maxed out. Now I need a plan. I cried too much about this. Now I need a plan. I blame myself too much about where I am. Now I need a plan. I made excuses long enough. Now I need a plan. That's what I have to have. I need a strategy and I need a plan because I'm tired of being where I am right now. No one else coming to the party. I need a plan right now. God, I need a strategy. God, I need a plan. God, I need you to deposit something in me to let me know what to do now because I have maxed out where I am and I need a plan. And what was their plan? Their plan was let's go down to the Jordan. Let's everyone take a beam and let us begin to build a new place. Let's build a new place. That's, that was the plan. In other words, the plan was when you max out, it's time to increase the capacity. We need more capacity. And so it's time to increase capacity because we have maxed out where we are. And so that is our plan. We're going to increase the capacity of where we are. We're going to, and spiritually for some of us, that means it's time to increase the capacity of your worship because you maxed out where you are. It's time to increase the capacity of your faith. It's time to increase the capacity of your joy. It's time even to increase the capacity of your pain. Because I maxed out where I am and I need more capacity. And it's time for me to get that plan and that assignment in my mind. Okay, it's time for me to increase capacity. I need more space for growth. Because for, for again, a lot of us, you, the, the way you think is too small for the God that you serve. And so I got to increase capacity. Some of you, your conversations are too small for the God that you serve. And it's time to increase capacity. And so they said, well, this is what we're going to do. Go down to the Jordan. We're going to begin to increase capacity. We're going to build something we can work into. That's what we're going to do. We're going to build something that, that we can grow into. That's what we are going to do. And then the most important word in verse number two was the word go. Because remember, they're talking to Elisha and they said, please, can we go down to Jordan and, you know, take some beams and build a new place and increase capacity? They're talking to Elisha, who represents who? God, the voice of God. And Elisha says, go. And that is the most important word in verse number two. Probably in this whole uh, story is the word go. Because when you get a go from God, you hold on to that. When you're out there on your journey, when you're out there building, when you're out there uh, doing what it's going to take to increase capacity, what you and I need is a go from God because it's the go you hold on to when things get cloudy, and they will. When it gets confusing, and it will. When it gets difficult and challenging, and it will. When enemies begin to rise up to stop you and what you're doing, and they will, you got to hold on to that goal. You can't allow what you see in public to erase what God speaks to you in private. When you get a goal from God, you hold on to that goal because that's what's going to keep you when others are not going with you. Because some will start with you and then they're going to fall off. And all you're going to have is a goal. But I know what God said. 
God told me to go and I can't quit. God told me to go so I have to get up tomorrow and I got to keep moving. God told me to go so I got to keep working on this. I got to keep building. I have to continue. To, all I have is a go from God. Things around me doesn't look like it's gone in my favor but I got that go from God and I'm not going to let anything take away that go. I know that I heard from God. I know he told me go. And when God tells you go, you hold on to that go. And some of you right now, that's all you holding on to. All you got right now is a go because everything else around you is saying no. But the reason you keep fighting because you got to go from God. You got a peace from God that told you to go and nobody understands why you keep pressing and why you keep fighting. And why you keep moving? That's because I got a goal on the inside of me. And because of that goal, I will not quit. Even again, that same story, David, the Bible says they started out, I want to say it was about 800 men with him when they started to go get their family back, when he got the goal from God. And he said, Lord, should I go and get my family back? And the Lord said, go, you shall recover all. And when, he, and when David started, about 200 men quit when they got to a, a place called Besor. And when they got to that place, 200 said, we can't go any further. But David didn't stop. He didn't look and say, man, I need these 200. No, all he needed was the go. And when you got the go, you go with whoever's with you. And when nobody else is with you, you keep going. And that's what's going to carry you. That's what you hold on to. That's what you stand on is that go from God. And so they got to go from Elijah, the prophet. And that again, who represented the voice of God, they got that go. And then it says in verse number three, the one who sent me is with me. He said, then one, then, then one said, please consent to go with your servants. After they got the go, they said, now, Elisha, you come with us. And Elisha answered, I will go. Again, representing God. It's like, okay, cool. We got to go, but I'm not going unless you go with me. And that's how our mindset should be with God. I got to go, but Lord, I ain't going anywhere unless you go with me. I can, I can hear Moses and, 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 and the children of Israel when they were going uh, into the land. And God said that you can go in the land, but I ain't going with you because you're a stiff-necked people. Hard-headed, he called them. I'm not going with you. You can go. And, 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 and Joshua said, Joshua, Moses, Moses, Moses said, God, if you don't go, we ain't going because the only thing that makes a difference for us is your presence. Without your presence, Lord, we are not even a people. Without your presence, we can't defeat anybody. We can't defeat anything, God. We need you to go with us. They valued the presence so much. They said, we, we want to go build, but you go with us. He said, I'll go. They valued his presence so much. That's why they wanted him to go. And they valued his presence so much based upon experience, the experience that they had with him. Because when you experience God's presence in your life, you never want to be without it. When you experience his greatness and his goodness and his provision and his power, you never want to be without it. It's like, God, wherever I go, you got to go with me. It can be a land flowing with milk and honey and have everything naturally, but without your presence, I have nothing, God. I have nothing. And they said, as long as you're with us, we can go. And so he said, I will go. And he went with them. 
Then it says in verse number four, so he went with them, and when they came to the Jordan, they began to cut down trees when they got to the Jordan because in order to increase the capacity, they had to build something new. In order to increase capacity, you have to build something new. And what does building require? Cutting down and removing whatever's in my way. That's what building requires. You need an axe. Because they went and they all had the axe. You see all the, all the prophets, they got their axe and they were out there. I like my axe. It makes you feel like you're in control. <laughs> And so they had the axe, and when they got the axe, they were out there, they said, let's start cutting. Because in order to increase capacity, we have to build something new. And in order to build something new, we got to cut down and remove whatever's standing in our way. You got to cut it down and remove whatever's standing in the way. Some of you didn't get that yet. You got to cut down. And then remove. You just don't cut it down. Because some of us will cut down some stuff, but we'll let it stay around. And if you let it stay around, you're going to pick it back up again. No, you got to cut it down. And then you begin to remove whatever's standing in your way. And this takes work. And what I love about it is that in order to increase capacity, they didn't sit back and say, Lord, increase our capacity. No, they had to work at it. Because too many times we ask God to do things that he told us to do. God said, what's my role? I'll be with you, but you do the cutting. I'll be with you, but you got to do your part. We can't put our assignment on God and expect God to do what he told us to do. We'll say, Lord, you go, go, God, heal them over there. Heal them. You know, he said, I gave you the strength and the power to lay your hands on the sick. And they shall be healed. Don't send God to the hospital. You go. He already there. He's waiting for you and I to show up so that we can do some cutting down and removing. And that's what the prophets are there. They were cutting down and they were removing. And for them, they were cutting down trees. For you and I, we got to cut down the tree of excuses, the tree of convenience. The tree of complaining, ooh, that's a hard one. You know, I mean, that one's going to take a few chops. <laughs> We've got to cut down the, 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 the tree of cussing. Yeah, that tree exists. <laughs> let me hear you shout, cut it down. No, I said, let me hear you shout. That was a whisper. Let me hear you shout, cut it down. That's it. That's it, baby. That's all I need. You got you to cut, cut down every tree that is standing in our way. We got to remove it. We cut it down. Why? Because I got to increase capacity. I got to build something I can grow into. And so I got to cut down the things that are standing in my way. You cut them down and then you remove them. And this is what they were doing because building requires work. 
And if you're not working on anything, you and I, we're not building. And even spiritually, when you worship, worship is work. Worship is work. It's, it's just not us lifting our hands and singing. When we worshiping, we working. I'm, work, I'm increasing the capacity of my worship. It's work because sometimes you don't feel like worshiping. Because of what we're going through and the battles that we face and the pains that we endure. Every time we come, we don't feel like lifting our hands. We don't feel like singing. But when I realize I got to put in work, I'm going to lift my hand. I got to work. I got to put in work. I got to pray. When I'm fasting, I'm working. When I'm tithing, I'm working. When I'm fellowshipping, I'm putting in work. Because all along, I'm increasing capacity. And when I'm worshiping, I'm chopping down stuff. And I'm gonna, then I have, to re, I have to remove it out of my way. And then we get to verse number five. But as one was cutting down a tree, the iron axe head fell into the water. And he cried out and said, alas, master, for it was borrowed. And so here he was, they cutting, everybody cutting. And then this one dude that we're working with, his axe head fell off. And when his axe head fell off, all he had, That's the challenge when you're teaching and you get these anointed people and, and they know where you're going and then they just shout out, you know, er, er, everything you work for. Ooh, I'm going to make a point. Ooh, I'm going to drive this point home. And then somebody shouts out your point because they're an elder. All he had was a stick. As they were working on a new assignment, one of the workers' axe head fell off, and all he had was a stick. The axe head had fell off into the water. And the worker's main concern, when the axe head came off the stick, he said, Master, it was borrowed. That was his main concern. Master, it was borrowed. Borrowed. Borrowed meaning it belonged to someone else. Borrowed meaning that he was in need of an axe to begin to go out and do this new assignment. And he was grateful that someone gave him what he needed that he did not have himself. He borrowed an axe from somebody because he was in need, did not have one, he did not have what it took to get the job done to increase capacity. So he went and he borrowed it from someone else. And he was grateful that someone else gave him what he did not have. And when you're grateful, you're responsible. When you're really grateful, you're responsible. And I see his responsibility because what he did not do when the axe head came off, he didn't drop the stick and say, oh, well, and just won't go and go back. Or go sit down and have lunch while everybody else is, cho is chopping away. No, he screamed, Master, it was borrowed. In other words, I owe him to give this axe back to him. I owe him. He was working from an I owe mentality. 
and the fact when he yelled, it was borrowed. He was working with his with the person who gave it to him. He was working with them in mind because that's the first thing he said. It was borrowed, and so I'm thinking about whose axe it is while I'm chopping. And when it fell off, all of a sudden, the first thought in my mind is the one who let me use this, who I borrowed it from. I owe him. I owe him. And the spiritual lesson in this is that you and I, everything we have is borrowed. It's borrowed. And the fact is that that borrowed means that that God, I'm going to serve you every day with you in mind. Because everything I have, you gave it to me, God. Who I am, you made me, Lord. And so I work every day with you in mind. I serve with you in mind. God, I owe it to you to give you the best every single day because you gave me the strength. You gave me the ability to get up and do what I need to do. And so I do it with you in mind. The axe head, notice, it's what gave the stick its ability, its purpose, its value, its authority to get the job done. You remove the axe head and all you got is a stick. A dirty one I might add. An old stick. All you have is a stick. And the stick represents you and I. And the axe head represents the anointing. It represents the glory and the grace and the authority and the ability. It represents the value and the purpose of our life. That's what, rep that's what that axe head represents. Because you move that, this has no value anymore. The axe, you put the axe head on it, you know, it'll cost you $20, $25. A stick would cost you maybe $5. Because it's the axe head that gave it value. And when that's gone, when the axe head is removed, all you have is a stick. The stick by itself cannot do the job of an axe. And this stick represents who? You and I. And the axe head represents everything that I need to do what God has called me to do. And the axe head came off. And it fell in the water. And all this man now has in his hand is a stick. No longer did he have the ability to do what God wanted him to do and what he allowed him to do in the area of increasing capacity. And we have to remember the anointing on our life does not belong to us. It belongs to God. The authority on our life, it does not belong to us. It belongs to God. Your body doesn't even belong to you. My body doesn't belong to me. It belongs to God. I mean, it's clear. The Bible says your body is the temple of the Holy Ghost. It is the temple of the Holy Spirit. You are not your own. He said, that's my temple. That's my body. When, when the Holy Spirit said, I'm going to go to church, he goes to church in us. This is his temple. When we go to church, we drive to a building. This as we are. The Holy Spirit, he goes right here. That's where, that's where he wants to have church on the inside of us. 
That's why we, we know when we leave here, we just leave in the building. The church is still us. We, the church. Wherever we are, we are representing the church. And the Holy Spirit wants to do church in us, not just here. He wants to do the church in us at home. Because we are not our own. Then it says in verse number six, after this, after the, the axe head came off, when the axe head came off, right, right before we get to verse number six, again, what I love is that the worker, he didn't continue, he stopped. And he stopped because you cannot use a stick to do the job of an axe. That's why he stopped. But too, unfortunately, too many people still try to do the job of an axe with just a stick. Why? Because it doesn't weigh as much. This is easy. <laughs> you know, this is easy. You can come up with ways on how to use a stick because it's lighter. And some still try to do the job of an axe with just a stick because it's not going to cost me as much. It costs to carry the anointing. It costs to, to worship and to honor God on a daily basis. It costs to sacrifice. It costs to love those who don't love you. It costs to, to pray for those who despitefully use you. Not just use you. It costs to pray for those who despitefully, and that's what we're called to do. It costs to bless those that curse you. It costs, sometimes, even, even in life, as Jesus, we got to learn how to minister from a cross. We got to learn how to give others water when we're thirsty. We have to learn how to encourage others when we're discouraged. That's, what am I doing? I'm ministering from the cross, and I realize it's, it's going to cost me something. This, our life as believers is not a life where we're just skipping down the road. No words and care. No, to be a believer, you got to be bad. You got to be bad. You got to be tough. You got to be strong. That's why I love celebrating believers. That's why I love when we come together and we pray and, and, and I walk up to you and, and I give you a smile. How you doing? Because I realize you could have had one of the hellish weeks in your life, but you're still here because it costs to carry the grace and the goodness of the Lord in our life. It's costly. But, but, but some don't want to pay the price. They want to do the job of an axe with a stick. And, and some like to use a stick because it makes a lot of noise, but it don't do nothing. You know, I get it, but it ain't doing nothing. But it makes a lot of noise. And he said in verse 6, so the man of God said, where did it fall? And he showed him the place. So he cut off a stick and threw it in there, and he made the iron flow. Where I lost something is critical to getting it back. Where I lost it. Prophet said, where did it fall? Was I in a place of unforgiveness? Was I in a place of rebellion? Was I in a place of disobedience? Where did I lose it? Where did I lose it? Where did that joy sink? Where did I lose the grace? Where did I lose it? That which I was operating. Did I, did I lose it in that place where I know God's plan for my life better than he does? Did I lose it in a place of fear? Where did I lose it. It's important because where you lost it, it's critical to getting it back. 
to get the axe head back, Elisha cut off a stick and threw it where he lost it, same spot. And he didn't use the stick that was in the prophet's hand. He used a new stick. He cut off a stick from another tree. He used the key word is a new stick in order for that axe head to come back. Nice clean one. <laughs> he used a new stick, not the same one. Prophet had in hand, but he said, I'm gonna get a new stick and I'm gonna toss this new one in the in the water, right in the place where he lost it. I'm gonna put a new stick out there. Is what I'm gonna do. Which explains why the axe head came off the stick in the first place. Because like many of us, the worker was working on a new assignment with an old stick. <laughs> what you say, ladies? That was, that was Jack. You blame mine on Taz. <laughs> that my girl. Working on a new assignment with an old stick. And we cannot bring an old mentality into a new assignment. Cannot bring an old mindset into a new assignment. What we're doing here, Canopy and P4W coming together, this is new. This is new. This is new. And you can't bring an old mindset into a new place. It won't work. It won't work. That's why the axe head came off. Because he's trying to cut down and working on a new assignment, but he had an old stick. And that axe head said, I can't go with you any further until you make a change. The stick had to change, not the axe head. The axe head was just waiting for the stick to change. Nothing wrong with the anointing. Nothing wrong with the ability and the grace and the power of God. The problem was the stick. And the stick represents who? That's you and me. That's, that's what has to change. I have to, I have to make the change. I have to change in the same place where I lost it. So I have to change unforgiveness to forgiveness. I got to change pride to humility. I have to change rebellion into obedience. That's what has to change me. I have to, I have to change uh, living off past success to living in present faithfulness. I have to change. I have to change doubt into trust. And when I change, when I change, all of a sudden, the power and the grace and the glory and the authority and the ability gravitates towards me again. God has said, I'm waiting for you, Sheridan, to make a change. And when you change, you get, you, you, you'll sense the power. You'll sense the grace. You'll sense the authority when you change. When you change that old mindset into a new one, as the Bible tells us, consistently renewing our minds, renewing our minds, renewing our minds. To get the axe head back, the stick has to change. And to get to, get to the new, I got to be okay with going through. To get to the new, I have to be okay with going through. Why? You don't get new without going through something. 
and I get to use a snake as an example. I'm just going to talk about it. You don't get the snake ain't in the bag. I don't do snakes, so I'm, I'm just going to talk about him. I can, I can do axes and sticks, and I don't do snakes. But in order to get new, you got to go through, just like a snake. Because in order for a snake to shed its skin, and the reason why it sheds its skin is because it outgrows the old skin. That's why a snake sheds its skin. It what? Outgrows the old skin. And in order to shed its skin, it has to find a hard surface. And then it begins to rub against that hard surface. We got to quit trying to get out of hard situations. And just learn that let me get through this. Because as I'm going through, I'm coming out new. When I go through, I'm coming out new. So I'm not asking God to move this, get rid of it. God, help me to shed some stuff off as I'm going through this. I've got a hard thing, but I'm going to rub against it. I'm going to go through it. When I come through, I'm going to have new sight. I'm going to have new ability. I'm going to have new strength. I'm going to have a new mentality. I'm going to be walking in newness. But in order to go get to the new, I have to learn and be okay with going through. And the Bible says that that axe, that iron, it floated back, gravitated back, got back on the stick, and he was able to continue to do his job. When you and I walk up and we present God a new heart, a new mentality, a new focus, God, when I present to you a new just like you do me every morning, you present me with a new. Why am I going to present you with something old? Every morning the Bible says new mercies greet us. So I ought to greet him with a new praise, a new song. And a new song to me, I got to write something new, sing something. It's my mentality. It's my heart. I'm going to sing with fire. I'm going to sing with passion. I'm going to sing with the newness on the inside of me. And when I present God with something new, Everything I need to do what he's called me to do, I'll get it done. I'll get it done. Come on, lift your hands in his presence. Father, thank you for your word. Thank you for giving us clarity this morning on the fact of presenting you newness every day of our life. Got to come before you, not with an old mentality, with a new heart and a new mind to make changes where I need to make changes, God. To go from fear to trust. To go from unforgiveness to forgiveness. To go from rebellion to obedience. To go from living in confusion to living in peace. God, help us make whatever change necessary so that the glory and the power and the ability and authority will gravitate right back to us so that we can continue to increase capacity of joy and faith and worship, to increase 
the capacity, God, the space that we're in. I pray now that we will hear clearly from you. Add to our faith what you spoke to us this morning. and Begin to walk in the newness of life. For you are our joy. You're our strength. You're our hope. You're our peace. I pray if there's one here this morning, God, they don't have a relationship with you. Work on their heart, God, with all the love that you loved us to yourself with. Love them to yourself. You're here and you've never asked the Lord into your life. Just ask him. He's already forgiven you. Just receive forgiveness. Ask the Lord in your life. And when you do, he will be there to lead, to guide, to strengthen you, to give you a hope and a future. Pray that, God, if there's one here that does not know you, they won't walk out of here without asking you in their life right now. In your great name, Jesus. And for those of us who are already saved, we got to keep adding to our faith. I pray we will rise up, see what you spoke in our heart and our spirit, and add to our faith so that we can continue to grow, experience ends of seasons because we're continuing to grow and to develop. We're not asking you this morning to get us out of anything. God, help us to get through it so we can come out new. Build us. Strengthen us, God, and help us as you are building us to do the work on the inside. For we honor you, we bless you, we give you praise in your name, Jesus. Amen. Amen. So for your, for your assignment, just quick, what would you title the word? Go start anew. Go start anew. I like that. Now I need a new plan. Wow, I need a new plan. No growth in a confined space. Wow. No growth in a confined space. That's good. Out with the old, in with the new. Out with the old, in with the new. Like that, Trey. I'm stopping at the hardware store on my way home. I'm getting me a new axe handle. <laughs> That's my man right there. That's my man. I love it. I can follow that. Make a change. Make a change, yes, yes. Commit to growth. Commit to growth, love it, love it. One more, oh, two more. Go and grow. Go and grow, love it. I am not too small. I, you better shut up. I am not, <laughs> and so again, I am not too small. Uh-huh. So again, just practice that because that's what the Holy Spirit is speaking to you. And that's what you are to go and work and build on so that we all 
cannot be too small. And we can go and grow and do all that.